The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Week six already. Week six, Bear. You'll be down in Dallas for the Red River game. We will talk to our favorite Sooner, Dusty Dvorak, in a couple minutes here. But first, I want to change things up a little. All right, this week I want to let's let's start right out of the gates. Let's go money line pick of the week. Let's get right to it. What do you got? Give me, uh, give me South Alabama against Georgia Southern. The Jags. The Jags. I know they were terrible last week, and uh, Georgia Southern is a team that we need to win six games, and I think that <laughs> they are well on their way. I'm, uh, I'm a little worried about this week's game, though. All right. I'm a little worried they they look they look past the Jags, and this one could be uh, a little bit closer than. We, we hope. All right. I have an admission to make at the uh, second half of the podcast about one of my preseason season totals. Uh, sorry for that, but hopefully we win all the other ones. Um, I'm going to go Bill Snyder. Uh, they played a good second half against Texas last week. They're going to Waco. They're getting like five. If there's anybody going to take, like he's got to start to trend. He can't just keep losing every time as an underdog, right? Yeah, it's. Doesn't look like a team capable of scoring very many points. No, maybe they don't give up too many. Uh, I'll go Kansas State um, on the road in Waco. Um, so, like I said, we'll do our, our picks uh, at the end, but Texas, Oklahoma, you had this one circled from the beginning of the year. Hey, if this game is going to be the game, let's get Dusty Dvorak on. The guy is as intense an analyst as we have, and I love it, and I mean it in an awesome way. He knows his stuff. Um, I don't think he gets credit for how good of a player he was back in the day, and injuries um hurt him, you know, at the at the pro level. But uh, unreal success. I want to ask him about playing against Vince Young, and and just what goes into the 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 rivalry that is Texas OU. Um, so we'll get to our favorite Oklahoma Sooner, Dusty Dvorak, in a second. But first, a word from our sponsor, guys. Every man looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company. Here's how it works. Visit a stylist at our showroom and have them take your measurements personally. Or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. Choose your fabric inside and out. Choose your design customations. Submit your measurements with your choices. Relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. This week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for $359 at Indochino.com when entering Behind the Bets at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Behind the Bets for any premium suit for just $359 and free shipping. That's an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Indochino are also expanding into casual clothing. Your made-to-measure chinos will quickly become your go-to pant, pairing as easily with a suit jacket as they do with a sweater, and they'll be good any time of the year. For any occasion, from boardroom meetings to Sunday brunches, Indochinos at an introductory price of $79. All right, we'll bring in our favorite Oklahoma Sooner. That is Dusty Dvorak. Uh, Saturday night, he will be in Stark Vegas for Auburn and Mississippi State, ESPN 2, 730 Eastern. 
Uh, my man, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely. It's a honor and a privilege to be on y'all's podcast today. How we doing, boys? Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I want to, I want to dig in here because I, I look at OS, uh, you know, we're obviously having you on. You're, you're an Oklahoma guy, had some success in that, in that, uh, in that rivalry. One loss, is that right? That's correct. We're not going to bring that one up, though. One All loss. Right. So done, done, done. Well, hey, that. that was the 05 Texas team where Vince Young was unstoppable. So yep. I, I, I will say that if there was a Texas team I was going to lose to, that's the right one. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you're a Dallas guy. Went to high school in Dallas, correct? Correct. Done your homework, Steve. Uh, did you take a visit to Austin? No, Mac didn't recruit me. Wow. Mac did. I, I almost went to Texas A&M. Okay. Was, it came down to between Texas A&M and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma went on their run and won the championship in 2000. And I was like, those Stoops boys were uh, – I was buying what they were selling. I, I was all in with uh, with what they were building at Oklahoma. So, no. Now, if Mac had come knocking, I've gotten to know Mac, Mac yeah. very well. And I can guarantee you with that Southern charm, he is quite the recruiter. But I wouldn't know because – he never, uh, he never gave me a sniff, Steve. All right. And well, don't think I didn't think about that every time I took that exactly. field, my friend. I, well, I wanted to get to this because I, I, I hate to be this guy, all right, but every guy that I asked that ended up going to Oklahoma that went on a visit or knew about Austin or had a chance and they chose Norman over Austin, I'm like, why? I'm like, cause I, I, I was recruited back in the day. I didn't get a chance to go to either of those schools, but when I go, I can't turn, I can't choose Norman over Austin. It's just me. Well, it's two different places. Now, gotcha. if, if, if the conversation is, uh, what do you think of Austin? I'm telling you, I think it's a phenomenal city. I love Austin. It's yep. one of my favorite cities. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say though is if you want to go to a place that is tradition rich in college football and kind of, Everything surrounding you revolves around that, mm-hmm. and it's more of just a college, you know, a college lifestyle, a college situation. Yeah. Then I think Norman, Oklahoma, is your place. If you're looking for, you know, more things to do, nightlife, and just maybe quality city, I'm not going to put Norman over Austin. But Got I guess it. it's kind of whichever you fancy as what you want to get out of your college experience. Right, yeah, you hit on it just before, so I, I need to just put a bow on it. You hit on the angst lining up. All right, when you lined up against Texas. Who who is the one lineman, running back, quarterback? You're like, ah, oh, son of a, you know, I gotta go up against this guy. I gotta tackle this guy. Who 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 was that guy? Whether it's a lineman, whomever. Well, I mean, it's got to be Vince Young, right? I mean, you know, we we were kind of licking our chops when we saw Phil Sims. I mean, sorry, Chris Sims. Uh, w- w- to be honest with you, we were just hoping that we didn't see Major Applewhite. And I've kind of, you know, messed with uh, with Coach Brown a little bit, but yeah. I I really thought that we were kind of fortunate. We didn't have to see him, but I mean, Vince Young and, you know, we played Vince in 03 and again in 04 and then finally in 05 is when he really ascended. But I just remember that 05 season watching them on tape and they had, they had some good players all over the place, but he was such a special playmaker that, you know, even when you're wrong, he can make you right. And, uh, I, I remember I sacked him one time, uh, humble brag, but I remember I sacked him one time. And in that game, and, you know, most quarterbacks, I was like 300 pounds. You know what I mean? If I hit you, you're going down. But I remember I hit Vince, and Vince is still looking down the field pump faking. Like, I have to, like, drive my <laughs> driving my legs trying to get this big dude on the ground. So it's like you don't realize until you hit him just how big he was and how difficult a guy he was to get to the surface. You're talking about the Texas offense this that year. Oklahoma's offense this year, what has surprised you the most uh, if anything about this 
pretty seemingly seamless transition between the Heisman Trophy winner last year and now the offense that Kyler Murray has run into a near perfection. Well, I just think it's the efficiency, right? I mean, last year Oklahoma was known with Baker as being so efficient, right? They were 96.6 in efficiency. They're at 96.5 this year. So I think that, you know, we know Lincoln Riley is he's a fantastic offensive mind. They got offensive linemen back. They got dudes outside Marquise Brown, CeeDee Lamb. When they had Rodney Anderson, I would have said it, it's the most complete you know, offense in college football. So basically, Kyler Murray just got tossed the keys to a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> and, and he can set on autopilot with, with Lincoln Riley calling the plays. But that being said, to come in and, and be as efficient in the passing game and, and not put the ball in harm's way, like I think most people kind of anticipated. You knew about the, you know, how dynamic an athlete he is, but when, when you watch him throw the football, and I've had a chance to watch him since he's been here, you know, in, in some practice, springtime, fall camp, and stuff like that. And he's even taken his game to a higher level than what he'd shown in practice. And mm-hmm. I just think that since he's been given that, you know, that job, or since he's won that job, the confidence at an all-time high, and he's just, I mean, he's just throwing the football so on time and on target. And, and when you look at some of the things that they do offensively uh, with the quarterback run game and then the RPOs off the quarterback run game, they really put opposing defenses and difficult situations. And, you know, there was a third and 12, I think, last week against Baylor. I was on the call in Norman. And, um, you know, they play great defense. Coverage is great. The rush kind of gets there, but they lose contain. And it's like, oh, damn. Because with this guy, man, if, if, if you lose contain even just a little bit, he's so, ex- he accelerates so fast that before you know it, he's 10 yards past you and he, they've got the first down. So I, I just think as much as anything, how well he's, he's come in. And, you know, there's been no letdown whatsoever at that position. But uh, the thing that surprised me the most is just his ability to throw the football all over the field. Deep shots, intermediate passing, you name it, he's got it in the bag. And it's been it's been pretty fun to watch. I thought that this would be a good Oklahoma offense. I didn't think they would be as dynamic and as great as they've been to start this season. One thing that stuck out to me, Dusty, is the Iowa State game. And, you know, it's, it's back and forth a little bit there. Uh, you know, it's, it's tight. And he had a couple scrambles that, that just really jumped out to me because on one of them, he got the first down and just got out of bounds. Didn't try to do anything extra. The next one, he, he, he scrambles to his left, you know, going past the 50, up the hash, and then just, just slides, takes a knee. Hey, let's, you know, move the chains. And I just thought that was two plays on, on crucial drives. That were really, really a sign of maturity, and the kid is in total control of what he's doing. Um, I want to slide in college football, by the way, Steve. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing of beauty, is it not? Wait till the, I'm sure the Ace fans are licking their chops for that one. Um, I want to flip the script on, on, on the other side. How, how big of a game is this for Tom Herman? I think it's huge. Uh, you Me know, I, I bear on my, on my radio show in Oklahoma City today. And uh, he kind of, you know, and, and Reese Davis as well. I, I think it's huge because, you know, it, it sure feels like they're headed in the right direction. I called Texas Bowl game last year against Missouri, and that mm-hmm. was a big win just to have a winning season. Remember, yep. they hadn't had a winning season under Charlie Strong. So I thought that was, you know, forward momentum. And then they lose to Maryland. So for them to, to start the season the way that they did, pick themselves up off the mat, and it hasn't been great, right? I mean, that parts of Tulsa didn't look good. Uh, but they won the game. They yeah. they beat USC. I thought they played their best game against what I still think is a pretty solid TCU football team. Agree. And in the first half against Kansas State, you're kind of going, okay, this team's legit. But then they also have spurts where they're they're not so good. Um, but I do think that 
what what Tom Herman is selling, I think they're buying in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that a win like this in year number two could really catapult – uh, you know, you know his message. It could catapult what they're trying to build there. And you know, if, if say they don't win, all of a sudden, let's say they don't win, they don't, they don't look good. What are we going to be talking about on Monday? Oh yeah. man, look at this schedule. They got to go to Lubbock. They got to play yeah. OSU and Stillwater. They still got to play West Virginia and Will Greer. It's interesting how one game and how quickly you know the perception can change. So I think from a perception standpoint, and to show that this upward momentum is real. I think it's a huge game for Tom Herman. Let's not forget now, Tom Herman as an underdog, when he's backed up against a corner, he gets his numbers. teams to play. 11-1 against the number where they had outright wins, if you're counting it Just, home. Just ask Oklahoma, because yeah. don't think that Tom isn't reminding his Texas players that he beat Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield with the team in Houston, not in Austin. Yeah, and I, I thought the game was as winnable as, as any. Like Everybody points to... The loss to Oklahoma State last year, and there's uh, oh the the end of the year to to uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech, and I'm like the Oklahoma game was as impressive to me. And what I took away from that, and I've known Todd Orlando from his days back here at UConn, is I I think he feels good about this. Um, you know he's he's the like you you mentioned the the, the team is buying what they're selling, and I just think it's an awesome awesome matchup. And I think, you know, Orlando is really excited to not have to go against Baker Mayfield again. Um, but careful you, what you wish for. I, exactly. But, <laughs> but that's what I said. In Oklahoma, on the other side, has what, has, um, you know, Murray and, and the guy I wanted to ask, how much longer are, are, is Oklahoma going to be able to keep Lincoln Riley and, and Norman? Yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, I've been, uh, I've kind of been talking about that on my radio show since back in May because, uh-huh. you know, at the NFL draft, as it's been well documented, when those NFL teams were coming through, Oof. And looking at Baker Mayfield, they were also analyzing this coach in his yep. offensive mind. And what I think, as we've seen Sean McVay and his success, I think people are starting to say, what can this cat do in the National Football <laughs> League? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't think we'd ever see Lincoln Riley leave for another job. I think that, you know, Oklahoma is a place you go to stay, not go to leave. But the National Football League is, is obviously going to be an interesting appeal. I think it would have to be the right job. And I'm not I'm not trying to break news here, uh, but I do know that Lincoln is a avid Dallas Cowboys fan, <laughs> and I just think that it's very interesting that I would say Jason Garrett's future is quite uncertain. So I think that would be interesting if the job were to come open and Jerry Jones were to come a calling. If there was a job that he might potentially leave, I'd say it could be the Dallas Cowboys. So maybe maybe something uh, worth watching here in the future. We've hit on the Texas defense. We've hit on Oklahoma's offense. Give me a reason to believe that Oklahoma's defense is going to improve. Because I thought this year they'd be improved. And I think you maybe some people would argue that they look better. If you look at the numbers, though, statistically, in terms of expected points, last year they were 60th, and people thought they were a bad defense last year. This year they're even worse. They're 79th. So it's it's amazing to me that it looks like they're better, but some of the statistics don't really represent that. Give me a reason, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, to, to think that the Sooners' defense is going to improve uh, this week and as the season goes on. I think the personnel's better, Bear. I really do. You know, they, they've been able to get offensive talent in there. They haven't done a great job getting, you know, big time defensive talent 
up until the last couple of years. That's why when you guys watch the game Saturday, if you've studied the film, you're going to see some true freshmen out there. Ronnie Perkins is going to be starting at defensive tackle, more athletic guy. Uh, Brendan Radley-Hile is going to be starting at safety as a true freshman. Now, part of that's out of necessity, and part of it's because they're just better players than what they've had on their roster. I think Kenneth Murray's a better player than what he was last year, just being a little bit more mature and smarter. Um, but your point is well taken. I, so I would say my selling point would be they've got better personnel, right? They're getting better personnel on the field. It may be young. It is it is better talent. The problem is they, they haven't tackled well in a couple years. <laughs> and, you know, tackling, that's one thing I'll say about Todd Orlando and his team. They Heck tackle yeah. well at Texas. Heck they yeah. get you down. Uh, when you don't tackle well, uh, that, that's problematic stopping the run. That's really problematic in open space against receivers, which Texas possesses in Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey. So, you know, if I'm Texas and I'm looking at a game plan, uh, you know, Texas has not run the football well this year. They just, you know, averaging 3.7 yards a carry, and they just they, they don't move people. They're, that's one weakness they have offensively. Their offensive line is not very physical. Uh, so as I look at this matchup, it sounds like it's been going on about 11 years running there too. Too long. I mean, but they, they you know, so that's they had, why they had, you had those sacks against Vince Young. Yeah, they, yeah, I know. They they did have Deontay <laughs> Foreman a few years ago. You know, he's a 2,000 yard rusher. Yep. But yeah, you're right. For the most part. They've lacked, they've lacked two things, right? Physicality, I think, up front, and they've lacked a quality quarterback play. Uh, I think the quarterback play is headed in the right direction. I don't think the offensive line play is just yet. So as I look at this, and I'd look at, you know, as you study the Oklahoma defense, I, if I'm, if I'm Tom Herman, I'm looking at ways to get my playmakers the ball out in space and say, let's see if you can tackle Oklahoma, uh, because they haven't shown that they can, uh, consistently to this point. So, you know, the matchup that I think is interesting is Sam Ellinger, right? Last year in this mm-hmm. game, guys, he accounted for 388 of 428 yards. I mean, he was basically everything they had. Um, can he continue to not turn the ball over? The one thing I think he's done a great job of the last three weeks, he hadn't had a turnover. And that, you know, we talk about those close losses. Even Oklahoma, it was turnovers at the end of those games. Yeah. Even Maryland this year, that was kind of their Achilles heel. He's cut those out. He's making better decisions. And if he can do that and he can take advantage of some of his big receivers outside, I think they're going to have, you know, some opportunities. So I, to me, that's that, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and I thought, you know, you look at the Army game, 45 minutes time possession against Oklahoma. Is that the strategy? Do you go in and try to play ball control, keep away, to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines? And I think that's great in theory, but that's not really how this Texas team is constructed. So I think instead of trying to be something you're not, why don't you take advantage of what you do have? That's big athletic receivers outside. Baylor gave Oklahoma issues last week. Iowa State with Hakeem Butler gave them issues several weeks ago. I don't know why uh, Texas wouldn't try to test Oklahoma there and see if they've gotten some of the problems they've shown on tape fixed. You are going to be in Starkville on Saturday night. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald has looked nothing like the quarterback we saw last year in the last couple weeks. Hasn't even cracked 100 yards through the air. Uh, In in your preparation for this game, uh, what have you noticed? And is there any belief in your mind that the, uh, the Bulldogs can snap this little losing streak and pull off the home upset? Well, I hope that they're competitive. I mean, I want to see a close game, right? I'm on the call for it. So, you know, it's crazy, guys. I had this team. I did their spring game. Okay, so I was there back in April. And then I had them week two in Manhattan, which little do we know at that point how poor I think Kansas State was going to wind up being. But they were impressed. I mean, they were dominant. I think they outgained them by like 300 yards. And the score was 31-10, but it felt, if you were there, like 52-3. to I mean, that's how dominant of a performance they were. And that was Nick Fitzgerald's first start under this Joe Moorhead offense, and it was kind of a mixed bag throwing it, 
but he ran it very effectively. And that day, Kylan Hill had like two bills. I, mean, I was like, man, this rushing attack at Mississippi State, even if they don't get the passing game going, they got enough defensively with Jeffries, uh, with Montez Sweat, all the guys they have on the back end of that defense, that they're going to be just fine. Hadn't been the case the last two weeks. And I, I'm, I'm surprised just in the fact that you've got a veteran quarterback, you've got an offensive mind like Joe Moorhead, and you do have what I think is at least a couple of good weapons in the backfield that running back in a veteran offensive line, yet in the last two weeks, 201 yards, 202 yards against Kentucky, and then against Florida. Now, those are good defenses, but are you kidding me? I mean, that's yeah. the lowest any team's had in the SEC this year. When I watch the tape, they can't, they're not protecting Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Fitzgerald's been inconsistent throwing the football. They had Osiris Mitchell. He had a wide open touchdown he dropped that was a pivotal game against Florida. They take a lead actually in that game. He drops, I mean, a, a pass he has to catch and it felt like that was a huge momentum uh, shift back to the Florida Gators. So, I mean, there's been small things here and there. Uh, but man, they have just been, they have been a stark contrast here these last two weeks than what they showed the first three, and especially the game that I called that was right in front of me. Uh, so what do I expect? I mean, I expect them to be really challenged against an Auburn front seven that is loaded. I mean, Derek Brown's the real deal. He's going to play. He's going to be a top 15 pick. He can take a game over. Uh, Davis, 57, this linebacker. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, he's the best linebacker I've seen on tape. He flies around sideline oh. to sideline, gets off blocks. He is instinctive. He is downhill. I mean, they're attacking for Kevin Steele. So, you know, this isn't necessarily the greatest week probably to try to get your offense going, especially I think they need to give it to their running backs more. Their running backs have actually had some success, and I think part of that's Nick Fitzgerald in his decision-making process. But uh, I don't really have a great answer other than nothing is going right currently for this Mississippi State offense. I sure hope that changes come Saturday night, but based off the last two games, there's not a lot of – things I can point to that, that tell me that's going to be the case. Yeah, in that uh, Kentucky game also, they a couple false starts, penalties, mm-hmm. put them behind the chains. And also, I will give Fitzgerald a little, it was pouring rain, and he, there were a couple drops in that game too where, that were just monumental, I thought, in the momentum of that game. Um, I wanted one quick thought. Uh, you know, Josh Heupel, obviously former Sooner mm-hmm. at UCF. Do you, do you see UCF losing? I mean, it's it's hard to pick it right now. I just think McKenzie Milton, you know, I called there. As good as anybody in the country. He is, man. And, you know, I, I got a chance to see him up close and personal. We we had their the UCF-USF game, which, uh, cool yeah. enough, that was the number one regular season game in our ESPN Top 25, only ousted by the Rose Bowl in the national title. Um, and, you know, so I had a chance to be around those players, be around Scott Frost. And, yep. and we, we got to set with McKenzie Milton, and what a mature uh, young man he is. I mean, he's just a true sophomore last year, and you would have thought he was a fifth-year senior. So mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm surprised that we're seeing him continue to have success because Josh Heupel's a, a good offensive mind. And though he was kind of ran out of Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley was brought in, he kind of reinvented himself at Missouri, brought in some of the Baylor-type offense principles. And so he's kind of got a mixed bag of of an offense that, that he likes to utilize. And I give him a lot of credit, and yeah. I give – those players a lot of credit because it's not the same offense as Scott Frost ran, yet they've acclimated themselves extremely well. And here's the other thing that I don't think is much of a secret. They got some dudes down there, man. They yeah. got players uh, on both sides of the ball. So I, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, being on a team that, that went undefeated one year in the regular Humble season. Humble brag. 
it's I'm just saying it's tough to go undefeated, man. Yeah. Like to to that point, ain't a humble brag. The next <laughs> week we lose in the Big Twelve championship game, we get blasted by K State thirty five seven, and then we go and we lose to Nick Saban when he was coaching uh, for the LSU Tigers. Yeah. So uh, we were able to to complete the regular season. We couldn't complete the full mm. season. I just think it's too much to ask, even though they'll be favored probably in most of the rest of their games, if not all of them. I think it's too much to ask a team to go, uh, you know, to to go uh, undefeated back to back seasons. So I don't know exactly where it is, but my guess would be somewhere they have a bump in the road. But this is still a really good football team. I would say I got to think to the best of the group of five. I don't know what you guys think. Right now, you can't, you can't yeah, argue. I, it. I, I thought it would be Boise before the year, but I think right now yeah. I would give UCF the, the mm. edge over Boise. Uh, real quick on the way out, how many points wins the Red Rival? I, I mean, I think that, I think Oklahoma gets in the 30s. So, I mean, I, I see like a 35 you know, 24. That's what I actually said that yesterday. Uh, I think I could see something like that. I haven't made an official pick on this. You know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, I know you guys know all the numbers, but what the last four games don't have been decided like you don't. by a touchdown or loss. You know I know. Uh, I've decided. I'm just. I'm just telling you things that you already know. Yeah, the last four by a touchdown or less, and the one before that, the the, uh, the double digit dog won by double digits. They did. They blew a 36-20. I think. Yeah. I think that was a, a Case McCoy uh, led so. Texas football yeah. team. Shipley. Uh, uh, the other Shipley though, yeah, right? Exactly. Like Jordan was gone. It was his younger brother. Uh, the. Um, the the younger brothers had a big day there in Texas. So I, I think I don't think Texas can get to thirty. So I think if you're just looking for a win, I think thirty's the magic number. I think if you're looking for a cover on the Oklahoma side, I think they're gonna have to get to thirty five. Um but I mean listen, this game is about it's it's obviously about execution. Right? I'm gonna give you the old coach big we gotta execute, turnover battle, you know, we gotta win these things. At the end of the day, it's also about emotions and who can control their emotions. And when the game shifts, if there's a big play and there's a swing in that stadium that is just so sweet, man, just right down the right down to 50, it's burn orange, it's crimson, man, it's it's a thing of freaking beauty. But whoever can deal with those emotional swings and whoever can, you know, when you have momentum, you better make the most of it because – you know, I hate to I hate to be cliche and say throw the record books out, but I think that those numbers you guys just kind of spouted off kind of speak to that. Even though there may be a team that you really favor, and like I look at this, and I think the Oklahoma offense is the superior side of the ball. I think Texas is going to give them a challenge defensively, uh, but I think that 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 offense that's the superior unit on the field. Um, but that doesn't it doesn't always manifest itself into being that. In this game, so I I can't wait, man. But if I were to have to throw out a number, I'm seeing like a a 35-24, 35-28 type of ball game. Sounds good, my man. Freaking thing of beauty. I love that saying. Hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah. if I know you're not going to get a chance to be down there, but the bear is, and bear Fletcher's corny dog. I, Reese Davis told me he was going to get. I think he said fried. Um, fried cookie dough batter which i didn't know they make but it's the state fair man they got all kinds of great food you got to live it up from the food side and embrace the fair as much as you embrace the actual game itself well well, you know what the great thing was about our old location maybe we'll be back in the same office area i don't know it used to be right next to where they were cutting all these strawberries and making all these strawberry shortcakes so like our our room just like you'd walk out of our room and there'd be strawberries be like i just want to go grab a 
a bushel of strawberries over here and start stacking. It was great. Strawberries at the fair, man. You, you know, I mean, you're living too right, Bear. I've seen you before, yeah, man. Right. There's got to be things you're looking at. You're the first before, person to say that. Before you're looking at strawberries. But, hey, in all seriousness, and I don't want to belabor the point, I think that the fact that Texas is back and nationally relevant, we'll yep. see how nationally relevant they are, but they're back in the top 25. Oklahoma's been here for a while, but it takes two to tango. And for to really build up the rivalry and to really sell this as a big-time marquee matchup, one of the great games in college football, it takes both of those teams being nationally relevant. We finally have that for the first time since 2012, and that's why College Game Day is going to be there Saturday morning for the first time in seven years. So it's it's a phenomenal game. It's as good as it gets, and I can't wait for Saturday, boys. All right. Just keep it to either leg day or chest day in that morning in Red River, all right? Uh, I don't know, man. I may have to do both. I'm going to have a lot of nervous energy. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to keep it in. All right. Thanks again, Dusty. I really, really appreciate it. All right, boys. Thanks, Great Dusty. stuff. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Bear. So now it's our turn. It's our time. Um, first initial thoughts at the, at the, at the slate this week. Finn, in terms of overall, like quality of games or like how I feel. Knee jerk like, reaction when you I, look at I, it. I feel, from a wagering standpoint, uh-huh. I feel better about this week's slate than I did last week. Remember last week, I was like, you know what? I, I, there's like one or two that mm-hmm. I like, and then, but maybe I'll go deep, and odds are all, well, that didn't work. The one or two that I liked were the ones that won. Everything else, not so well. So You want to know what I thought? That's what, what I do want to know what you thought. When I saw this, I said, Felica and Vampel are going to have a field day. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many short... Road dogs, uh, I should say road favorites, yeah. that it's, it's, and I'm, I'm kinda, I'm kinda just, I, I'm, I'm lukewarm. Uh, I'm gonna start here. Uh, I'm gonna actually gonna go to a place that I, I have not had success, and that's the weeknight games. I was gonna say, you gonna go Friday? I'm, I'm going, gonna go I'm, Friday. I'm going Friday too. I can't wait to oh, see. Oh boy. We don't know each other's picks, obviously. Uh, how far are we into this podcast? An hour? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 first of all, I want to make a confession. Okay. My preseason over under, uh, season totals, Louisville was wrong. They are not going to get the seven. No. I gave out the over and, uh, they're not going to get there. Nope. Uh, brutal loss last week on in, the field. In, in, inexcusable. Um, coaching. just, and that sums it up. And Coach, coaching malpractice. And I did too much of, I put, like, I wanted, I, I said it in the preseason, I wanted Juwan Pass to do well for what he did. Yep. You know, we mentioned Kelly Bryant, and we know what's happened there, but, like, Juwan Pass was a guy who stayed, knew what was getting into, sitting behind Lamar Jackson. It's just, there's other factors of that team that are way more concerning than Juwan, and I look at this week, and they're playing Georgia Tech Friday night in Louisville. Uh, Georgia Tech's a four, it's up to four point uh, as a favorite, and that's what scares me a little bit here. But I'm going to stick with this one. You know how many times Georgia Tech and Louisville have played? I'm going to say ever. I'm going to say three. Zero. 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 Take the under. Now, people have you know had their time. You know, Van Gorder was at Notre Dame. Obviously, he started out high. I remember when they went to Tallahassee as a big dog, slowed down that Jameis offense, um, and then obviously got ridden out of, out of Notre Dame. And there's no question he knows his defense, but obviously, you know. The world we live in, you need players to play well. I worry that he can, he can, he knows what to do to stop the option, mm-hmm. but I don't think 
he has the players to do it, and also you factor in a short week, and that Georgia Tech offense is relentless. And I just think it it, it it's just not a good thing when you're a team that's struggling and you're real. Like if you look at the Petrino numbers, this is the year everything goes down. All right, you know the the the, the roster is all his now, um, and that's where you start to see the the chinks in the armor. And I just don't like this mixture of Louisville, the talent they have on defense against a disciplined, well-oiled Georgia Tech rambling wreck offense that might just run all over them. So I'm going to take the road favorite here. I, I think I think Georgia Tech is hard to back. Just because I, I think they have their own issues. Uh, they have been a terrible road favorite uh, going back a few years now. I mean, I I was against them. I had Pitt in like the one game that Pitt decided yeah. to play well this year. Uh, when Georgia Tech was favored in, in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I I see your reasoning. I see your logic. That's not the Friday game I'm going with. Oh. I'm going with the boys from Logan uh, getting the small number saw, at, against BYU. That's a really good game. It, since they nearly beat Michigan State in that season opener, they have really just rolled through people, been mm-hmm. great on offense. And I wonder how much BYU, the schedule – a Big Ten team, three Pac-12 teams in five games. Last week, they looked like it was total domination. Maybe they're on fumes. Maybe they need a little bit of a breather. But I wonder if they're physically beaten up a little bit at this point. I mean, Utah State put a number on them last year, so I know there is a little bit of payback there. But if you just strip away the the team names and you look at the, oh, the, yeah. the EPA, That's the efficiency ratings, point. Utah State has a massive edge in offensive EPA, and they're 15 spots better in defensive EPA. And I think a lot of people would assume that BYU has the better defense. The metrics say that's not the case. Utah State is a small underdog. I I take them plus the points, and I think they win the game on the field. All right. Very good. Uh, so there's some Friday night, weeknight action. Uh, the next one I'm going, and it seems like I've I've done pretty well finding this one. And it, I've already got some tweets this week saying that this I'm going to give this out, and I am. <laughs> There's a three and two team hosting an undefeated team. It is a conference game, but it's not a division game. It's Big Blue Nation traveling to Kyle Field. Mm-hmm. The three and two team, I said, given six points to Kentucky, ranked coming in as hot as anyone in the country. So the line doesn't make sense. Kentucky oh. should be given, right? This is the classic. In the perfect world. This is the classic Lee Corso. Somebody knows something games, and I'm going to go with the somebody's. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it sweet. I'll take the Aggies. I'll take Jimbo, um, and we go from there. It, it's hard because Kentucky's been a dog three times this year, won all three games outright and by double digits in each instance. But uh, I, I think this passing game will be the biggest threat to that Kentucky yeah. defense. So, right, right, Florida, South Carolina. And uh, Mississippi State, really inept passing games, I guess, I guess would be the fair way to put it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would agree with I would trust Mond and those guys to be able to throw the ball and move the ball. But I'll tell you what, Mark, Mark's got a whole lot of his big brother in him that when they're an underdog, he plays up that yeah. chip on the shoulder, no respect. And they, and they, would it shock me if they won? No. Do I think they'll win? No. I just... I look at South Carolina last week, going back and watching, and I've watched these Kentucky games the last two weeks, and as impressive they are, they they played great defense against offenses that are very limited. 
And as mm-hmm. much as, you know, I, all this Nick Fitzgerald hype I had to hear, I'm really concerned What's about, I think they got to make a move there. That's, that's a whole other story. They went to the swamp and won. I get it. You, you, you stopped the streak, but I look at that offense. Um, South Carolina, I love Muschamp more than anybody. But when I look at A&M and I compare them to those teams, they have a better coach, they have a better offense, they have a better defense. And I just, and they're at home. And that Kyle Field is something that I, I just, I'm not sure if Wilson's ready for. He hasn't done enough for me. They've, it's like they've almost relied on Snell too much. And turnovers have been huge for them. Yep. They've gotten, and, and they, now to their credit, they've, they've cashed in when they've gotten them. And that Mississippi State game, they got all those turnovers. When they got the ball, they were already in plus territory, so it helped the offense there. And yeah, they busted a couple big runs and big plays, but I just think it's, life is way tougher on the road against a hungry A&M has battled against Clemson and Bama this year. Like no one else has done that in the country. And I think that stuff totally makes a difference when you have a coach in transition. You know what you have on your roster. You saw him get tested with adversity. And now you come in in a perfect place where you you could you could buy in the underdog thing because this this team's undefeated mm-hmm. and ranked and you're not. So that I think that stuff works. And I think Jimbo knows the opportunity here, and I think they'll cash in. And I, I think two other things. Number one, I think A and M had kind of had their their letdown game last week. Clearly, without a doubt, clearly a better team than Arkansas, and they they were due to kind of. Mm-hmm. Lay, lay a bit of an egg, and they still won the game. And number two, I think you'll probably be able to get a little bit better of a number if you wait. I think this is right. Six, six right now. Yeah, I, I have a feeling this is one way action. I think I think Kentucky could be a very trendy underdog this week, and that number might even come down a little bit more if you want to. If you want to wait and see if it goes down to five, five and a half. If not, then 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 go ahead and lay the six. Very good. I'm going to go with another one of those, another uh, short dog this week. One of your home underdogs that you were. Uh, Thinking that I would go with, I like Air Force at home against Navy. I know uh, they they let you in, Phil down last week. Uh, huge, <laughs> amazing loss to Nevada. But the one thing we talked about, they had Navy this week. Yeah. Where they're looking ahead. Quarterback injuries in the game. Uh, starting quarterback was out. Uh, they get him back this week. Yeah. Uh, as bad as things went last year for 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 Air Force, lost by a field goal last year to Navy. Air Force is better, I think, this year. Navy going on the road, haven't played since they lost at SMU. Uh, like I said, I think with Sanders coming back, I, I think Air Force uh, comes back, not only gets back on the field, uh, makes amends for last week's loss, but last year's loss to Navy as well. So I like uh, I like the Flyboys getting uh, three and a half or four at home. against. Early them. bird out there, my Navy insider told me weather going to be a factor out there. Well, I, I saw weather in a couple of places this week. Really windy in Michigan, I think, was one place. Uh, windy throughout the Midwest. I, I, I read that as well. But that's uh, definitely something to follow. All right, could make for a very high scoring game as the as the uh, defenses try to yeah you track know, down some of these options. I always find those the the uh, academies fascinating to uh, handicap the over under number. Like I, you just, I remember a couple years ago there was just a crazy game. You know, both teams in the forties. Yep. I think it was. Well, that last year um, was forty eight, forty five. Yeah, oh, that, all right, that's what it was. Um, and it's just like, it feels like if I was to give out a number there, there's no doubt it would lose <laughs> just because it feels like people know more about that, that matchup and those matchups, uh, more than me. Uh, I got a decision here. Um, all right, let's see if I can help you. All right. I, first, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is Pitt on your list? That game stinks to, <laughs> 
That that is the ultimate stay away from game because the biggest differential this week for our FPI and Vegas spread is Syracuse. Ooh. So power rating just saying take Syracuse. The the money the the money reports the money. What's the FPI splits, spread on that? FPI spread on that is uh, Syracuse minus ten. Wow, it's down to three and a and half. And the the uh, the money sites where track money. The world is on Syracuse, and it's, well, you have the perfect gambler. Sorry to interrupt, it, but you have the perfect gambler's conundrum of Syracuse coming off a loss where everyone thinks they should have beat Clemson. Yep. So how are they going to react? Everybody just saw, oh, Syracuse played with Clemson, mm-hmm. so that means. And then you look at Pitt, who just keeps getting the floor wiped with them, uh, and and the latest to do that was UCF. So. One team couldn't look worse last week. One team was in a 25-point dog and, and could have beat a top And couldn't have looked team. better the previous four games. Yeah. So you're staying away. Oh, total stay away. The one t- I was looking at the over. 58. Both those teams, I mean, the defenses are, are non-existent. I know Syracuse held Clemson to 27 points. but like, Little difference. Yeah, there, yeah, like ETN, you know, did whatever he wanted when they started giving him the ball. Um, I just, it feels like Pitt's going to, Jump out to a lead there, and then what's going to happen? So, if you want to play both teams, you don't know what's going to happen. I think it over over is a, a good number there at fifty eight and a half. And, and you know, in these this day and age, that there is that thing called live betting as well, Ooh. which you basically depending if it looks like it's going, if pick doesn't start well and starts going south, then that's probably the way to go and just live bet Syracuse. What's the oldest person you know that live bets? The oldest person I know. That doesn't live in Vegas. Hmm. Is it ever going to catch up? Like, 40, will our uncles? 40, 40s. Will our uncles ever? Hey, you know what I got? I got Bama first half. <laughs> it just feels but that's like you know, smart. It's just no. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll get to that because that that that's on my list. But um, it feels like trying to explain live like to my older uncles that. You know, mm-hmm. may have known a thing or two about yep. like it's just it's hilarious. Like, how do you do that? You you you're on your phone, <laughs> and then it just pops up the line. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, they got a guy right there. He's in all good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that game does reek. Um, have a feeling that it'll be on winners. Yeah, that, that, that is a lot. Just, just, just like just like Texas Tech, West Virginia was a lock for winners last week. There you go. This is, I, this is, this would, if I could have the steal the, uh, the, the Jimmy D condo steamer pick of the week, my condo steamer pick of the week is that this game will absolutely be a part of winners. Speaking of. And then in a big time steamer condo pick that you can bet your condo won't. Be, be glad that Keyword. you stayed away. You 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 stayed away from it last I did. week. I did. You paid and homage to the, man. the first person to text me after that game. <laughs> I was wonder over. who. <laughs> we have uh, uh, a conundrum. We do. Yeah. All right. Do- the key word here is, I should say, words. Just a regular three, three bedroom, not a super condo penthouse. Mm, so so this is kind of. Along lines of the duplex from a couple of weeks ago. Correct. So it's not an official super condo steamer pick. They're just regular three bedrooms. One is Syracuse. <laughs> and one is Give Me Liberty. 
So there's our coach Donnan checking in as he always does. It's good timing with this. He does have like knows when we're taping. Exactly. I was gonna say it's like he's done this before. Uh so there you go. Coach Donnan Cuse and Liberty. Uh, did, 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 here's a, did Liberty stay out in New Mexico yeah, last that, week? I all I listen to Veasan because they love this team and and the New Mexico. Oh, they, they, yeah, they had two massive upsets now with underdogs. Now, I believe this is the first of two times yep. Liberty's playing exactly New Mexico right. State. So like <laughs> this thing is not to go off on a Liberty tangent, but I mean I looked at the line. Like this almost feels too easy. Like, I thought New Mexico had a better chance of beating Liberty than New Mexico, New Mexico State, State did. New Mexico State's but I think New Mexico State's off a bye. Yep. And now Liberty went and beat New Mexico, so it's like like not looking into anything. It's like, oh, give me Liberty. You know, you, like you it, would think so. So New Mexico State's Coach been predictably disappointed. And I know how much you people out there are loving Coach Donnan, so don't even act like you're not taking Liberty. Uh, all right, where are we? Is it you? I think it's me. All right, we got, we got into you. Let's go. Uh, oh yeah, I gave out the pit over yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, not official, but it's a lean. Go. I, I like U, I like UMass at home getting fourteen, fourteen and a half somewhere in that range against USF. Okay. Uh, the couple of times that the Bulls have been away from home this year, well, the one time I should say, <laughs> um, uh, in Illinois it was pretty uninspiring. Ugly yep. win against East Carolina. I don't know. I, I guess. It, even the win against Georgia Tech, which we thought might have been good, they gave up over 600 yards against a team that really I don't think is very good. I mean, UMass is going to struggle defensively, I think. Yeah. But I think Ford and that offense is going to they'll find a way to put up some some points on the board in this game. I know Whipple is suspended for the game, but mm. South Florida coming all the way up here. Uh, any hope for UMass to potentially get to six wins to get ball eligible, they're going to have to pull an upset along the way. I don't know if this will be the week that went out right, but but I, I think UMass at home getting two touchdowns to me that seems like a a good team to bet on. All right, uh, I'm going to go with the Big Ten. I just saw this one just stuck out to me. Um, Northwestern is at Michigan State, double digit, pack. double digit like, again. You know, I mean Michigan State. I. I don't want to say disappointing. I just expected more. I think that's the key right there. They, if they wouldn't have had the year they had last year, mm. you'd be okay. Well, they lost Arizona State, mm. so why? Won in Indiana, good solid win, survived an upset scare. But I think with the, uh, the, the the trendy expectations of them potentially winning that Big Ten East, I, I'm with you. I think the expectations and how they performed have been disappointing. Yeah, it's just it's it's eleven. Michigan State's minus eleven. And it just, I don't know, it's just like teams that know each other. Uh, you know, I know they're on opposite sides of the, of the Big Ten. But, you know, Northwestern is, you know, they're one and three. They're still averaging 22 points a game. They've had some unfortunate, like last week was pretty bad. I know they lost to Akron, all right? But Michigan State just, I don't know, they haven't really broke. Now, this is this the breakout spot for Michigan State? Maybe they're coming off a of bye week or no? They played last week. Hold on. Yeah, they played Central Michigan last week. Yeah, that's right. But they didn't cover there. Central Michigan. Kind of an ugly win. Yeah, I just, I don't, you know, not really a look ahead spot. They are at Penn State, I believe, next week as well. I just, I just feel like with Thorson, Northwestern could be able to score. Maybe the back door's open and uh, we covered at 11. It it could be. And we've seen last nine games for Northwestern as a double digit dog, eight and one against the number five outright wins, including uh, last week with that close loss to Michigan in a game that they played well enough to win. Yeah. 
Uh, if we have time at the back end of the podcast, I want to get your thoughts on the perception of that Michigan win as opposed to the perception of maybe a win out in the Pac-12 that we just – this is where our disconnect is as a nation okay. when we look at college football. But give me the old Northwestern nooner. All right? All right. Very good. Next. I'm. This might be my favorite play of the week. Oh, boy. I like Herm and ASU getting that small number at Colorado. You do. I, I look at what both teams have accomplished this year. I know Colorado is undefeated. The four teams they've beaten are combined 1-16. and 16. You look at Arizona State, very easily could be 4-1. and one. Played Washington really tough in Seattle. The San Diego State game, they very easily could have won. Beat Michigan State. I, I think what they have done, despite not a, as good of a record, Face it, you, yeah. Face it, you, you thought Air, you thought Herm was going to be a disaster out there. All and of they, you out there, and they are All of much you. better than even I would have imagined. Uh, I, I like Montez and and Chanel, the receiver out there, but I also like the ASU offense, which is much better in terms of uh, efficiency. Uh, Wilkins can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I found a running game last week. Granted, granted, it was against uh, mm-hmm. Oregon State, but um. I think if you look at what the Arizona, how Arizona State has done, and the fact that they rank so higher in a lot of metrics offensively, offensively, despite facing really good defenses in Washington and Michigan State, uh, I, I think all the numbers certainly point to Arizona State being the uh, the right side here. It's uh, it's really it's like re- it feels a lot like the A and M game that I that I mentioned earlier of the teams. You know, obviously that you played, you know, you got tested, you have some losses. Um, and it just, you know, who the hell had Colorado as the only undefeated Pac-12 <laughs> team in weeks? What are we on in the six? Like that's, that's insane. So, um, two unbelievable receivers, maybe the best in the league. Yep. Off the top be. of my head in Chanel and, in Harris. Yeah. We, right. But, Vaughn's USC, no. no way. These guys are, I mean, production-wise. Or, or, or Sega Whiteside, I would put him no probably way. behind Harry. Yeah, These I, guys I, are way more yeah, versatile. Agree. Way more versatile. By the way, ASU, next couple of weeks, Stanford, USC. So this is a chance for, for ASU after the bye. We'll see what happens. But that's why I think this is a, a, a key game for them uh, to potentially Harry. get to six, seven wins. Yeah, uh, and a huge game in that, in that division, man. Like, just monstrous. And I just... Man, Utah's 0-2 in that, in that division with, with a big one this week up mm, on the farm. Teaser. Uh, what else we got here? So you're going Herm. Yep. On the road. Is that a night game? Is that the late one? Sorry, I should know this. That's okay. We, we, we have. Oh, no, the old 4 p.m. Eastern old, Pac-12, Pac-12 network. Network, so we won't be able to watch it on the bus. Perfect. I got a login for you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, uh, getting on the iPad. That actually helps. That actually helps because we have the four TVs, and um, frees up a screen. What time did you take a nap last week? Um, early. No, it was kind of. I, I think right at the end of the early window before the three thirty games. At the end of the Clemson game, it, it, you it, missed it? it. It was actually it was it was before that. It was kind of okay. like third quarter, halftime. halftime yeah. Oh, perfect! It was right after the good job right by the, you. Right two o'clock. You get a solid forty five minutes in. Nah, twenty five probably. Okay. Just power, good power, head head bob and good. 
No we pictures, get, though. We were good to go the rest of the Make day. Make sure there's no pictures. Don't well, allow I, those I, cell phones I, I, I don't know. It's... There's only one cell phone. I know Paul. I know Pollock's dying. There's only, one, one. there's only one cell phone that's causing problems in there, and that's Herb Street. <laughs> it's a lot, it was locked into the big Liverpool Chelsea matchup. Ah, oh, I'm sure he had a couple comments about yes, that. Yes, he did. Um, all right, I want to ask you about some numbers here, and uh, shout out to Brad Edwards because he's one of the smartest guys we know. Uh, your old roommate, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him. I think it was three weeks ago, and he gave me. Uh, the notion of, hey, watch out for this. I have a feeling this is going to happen. And he absolutely nailed it. And it has to do with Alabama, mm-hmm. where he went to school, and how Saban was going to handle these games against inferior competition. He said, jump on the Alabama first half, because Tua's going to go out and do whatever he wants, which he has. Hertz is going to come in with the starters, and they're going to do whatever they want to do there. And then the second half, if you get a fourth quarter line, take the other team because Nick's just going to throw in whoever he wanted to yep. during because they practiced well that yep. week, and they're going to run the ball every play. And gosh darn it, it is Ben to a T, <laughs> and that's why Brad is the best. Um, and when I look at Bama this week, one thing sticks out to me, and – I can't. I I feel like this is. I might be on. I might. I'm not late because I I have been um on it. But I look at the over in this Bama Arkansas game. Bama is minus 35 in Fayetteville. The over under is 59. I totally think Bama scoring 50 plus in this game. Like I I don't see anything that gets in the way of that. And they could do it in the first half. They could do it in three quarters. And if that comes. To fruition, I think Chad Morris could give me a touchdown. So you're looking at me like I'm no, crazy. I'm, here. Doing, I'm just doing the math. You're doing the math. Yeah. Okay. I I think it's I think I don't think anything gets in the way of forty plus. The issue is, and I said this uh, the other night on Bad Beats when we featured this mm-hmm. as a as a bad just to let the world know uh, uh, what Bama is doing. Is I said, if Nick Saban runs the ball this year, he's doing you a favor. And it feels like this might be the week where Nick just like, yeah, let's uh, establish the run. Let's get Najee some carries. Uh, Cole Kubelik had a too, stat. Too, How too, ma- too much Heisman hype. Yeah, too, uh, enough with that. We got to get some incompletions. Um, what was Cole's number? Cole had a number about Damian Harris. 18 running backs in the SEC had more carries than him, I believe, so far to this season, which is just, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, which really got me thinking about this here, but I still think Arkansas is... Can Arkansas tackle them even if they run the ball? I hope not, because I'm going to give out the over, and it's 59. So, Nick, keep the foot on the gas until we get over 60. Message sent. You, sir. I I want to get your feelings after yeah. I give my opinions, but I like Utah getting the points against Stanford this week. Uh, I, I don't like the direction I think the Stanford season is heading one bit. I think defensively they are not as much improved from last year as people thought. I think the love injury, I think maybe they tried to establish him too much. I I hate it for the kid because he came back and he could have gone to the the NFL, but he didn't. But he's just, he's going to get that label of being injury prone and it Mm -hmm. just sucks. Yeah. But you look at these the games that Stanford and Utah have played since Utah went to the Pac-12. 
Dog has been perfect. All three of them have been close games. That Utah defense, I think, is the best defense in the Pac, uh, second best defense in the Pac-12 behind Washington. Mm-hmm. I think statistically, right now, Utah's is a little bit better, but we'll forgive it. There's a little bit of a schedule adjustment there. Yeah, uh, Utah got their offense on track a little bit last week. More and more inclined to run the ball. I, if Utah doesn't win the game on the field, I certainly like them plus the five and a half. Yeah, I, lo- I love Utah. Um, I had it here. I figured you were going to do it as we were texting. So it, I'm not sure if I'm putting it in the column um, on dot com, but the Stanford offensive line is 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 in trouble. Uh, I I said this on a couple shows I went on earlier this week. When you watch Stanford, what was telling to me is against Davis when Love didn't play. I thought they blocked pretty well in the run game, obviously against an inferior uh, opponent, but the running backs just didn't have the goods. Like there were, there were lanes, there was, you know, everything. Then they go on the road, you know, really, really, really fortunate to win that game. Um, and then, you know, go to Notre Dame. And I was just worried how, how the offensive line travels, man. In college football, you need your offensive line. I, we always hear that, you know, defense travels. Your offensive line got to travel with crowd noise and that. And I know, like, I want to talk about Notre Dame at the end of this um, podcast uh, in its own self, but Notre Dame's got some guys up front, and if you haven't watched them, like all everybody just tweeting about 2012, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious you haven't watched Notre Dame, correct? Because it's it's a whole different animal. Yes, but they manhandled Stanford. Stanford, you know, came from behind. So improved. Oh God, he's a man. Um, but Stanford, when they couldn't run the ball, they broke one run. Um, but then when you know you make you make Stanford one dimensional, and they've had obviously issues run blocking this year, and then you figure you know maybe they could protect, give mm-hmm. Costello time, and that just shows you know they couldn't protect when they, you know you knew they were pass rushing, you knew they were blitzing, and KJ didn't have a chance. He's, I thought he was lucky to get out of there uh, with some of the hits he was taking. Well, that's, so, that's what we got to worry about now. Yeah, we, exactly. No love and no lo- no hemp. For so I mean, you just I I, I just you just trust. Whittingham, and I mean, in the spot is like, I still can't believe they lost that game last week. That no. touchdown was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I, I, Utah getting point, and the line hasn't moved since, like, I, the way Stanford has handled injuries, I, no way Love plays this week. No. You know, so, and the line went up a half point, five and a half I saw this morning. So I take that five and, and, and run with it. And this is a critical point for Stanford in the season, you know, conference game. And obviously, those you know, these kind of games, the 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 cross division, have been pretty significant in the in the Pac-12. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at who plays in that title game, uh, in years past. So, I, I I lean toward Utah in this game for sure. Uh, what do we got? I got. You, yeah. you got anything else for us? I got one circled, and okay. I'm I'm getting scared off it now. Okay. Uh. I want. It was the first game I wanted to see the line on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Florida Rosedale. Okay. Um, it's up to seven. It came out at five, and I'm like, it's only going to go up. Um, and it has. <laughs> yeah, I think I I was off a of bye week. I love them in a spot, but there's a rule I have with Iowa, and it's don't give more than six points. And I just feel I feel like they're better than Minnesota at every single position on the field, and I don't think it's close. I just can't stand giving this many points with Iowa on the road. At home, you know, it's a whole different story. Fortunate bad beat against Wisconsin. 
I thought they had the goods to win this 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 division. And they nearly did. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, you weren't wrong, no doubt. But I thought they could Still win could. the division. What's, Still could. What scared? Yep. What scares me is Stanley, and there's nobody behind him. I said that in the preseason about you know no experience behind him. But I I mean the defense is I mean plug the guys in with Ferentz's system like it's it's so awesome to watch. Doesn't it feel like a dead solid under? More than LSU, Florida. Yes. More than Auburn, Mississippi State. I want I want Auburn, Mississippi State to be three <laughs> two. Again, because we have seen it. Yes. All right. Um. So that one kind of scares me off. Is uh, is Iowa? I'm I'm just. I love everything about it, but now the number going up, and obviously nobody really on Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It, it it scares me. The one the one that I had circled that I'm a little scared about now because I think it's one that a lot of people are going to pick is Florida. I want to pick Florida to beat LSU. I think the defense has really improved. I think at some point LSU is going to going to lay an egg and they turn the ball over a bit and, uh, and Georgia and, and, coming and in gonna, next week. They're going to lose a game. Yeah, first big home game from Mullen, who's been awesome as, a, as an underdog as a head coach. But something's worrying me about that. I don't know. I don't know what. Burrow's been good. Big spot. First true road game, right? Well, no, they went to Auburn. They, won, right. they, oh, yeah. Auburn. Oh, God, they did enough to win at Auburn. That. They sure did. I mean, this is not going to be like last week where the Ole Miss defense, oh, whatever you whatever you want. It. This is this is a whole. We got three thirty swamp crowd. Now, not yeah. a night game swamp right, crowd. Right. A little different. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on the fence with this one. Yeah, we'll it's it's right. It's exactly what you thought. Two and a half, yep. three and forty four. As Florida was last year, a stupid missed extra point is what yeah. cost them the game. So is Florida better this year. I don't know. Coach O's still mad about the home and home. Well, it's it was their fault too. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's uh different. Um I, I expect Auburn to bust out this week against Mississippi State. Uh just it's that number that scares me though. It's three and a half yep. on the road division game. How crazy are they down there, by the way? They fired Joe Mo websites to fire Joe Moore after five games. Are you kidding me? Slow down, Stark Vegas. Um, I will be in Madison this week with Big Ten Scotty. Uh, no. Um, I made a, a decision with some with some men before the season to go see uh, our Huskers in Madison because that's the best road trip they have, and things haven't worked out for Nebraska. But I'll be in uh, in Madison. I might even step into a little uh, game two Brewers. Rockies ah, Friday, three o'clock local nice. time. That would be so, great. So uh, thinking about heading there, um, but yeah, I'll be in Madtown, uh, and then I'll probably be at Wando's watching Stanford Utah at, <laughs> at nine thirty local time. Uh, just uh, to be out there. Uh, anything else? Circle. I also had UCLA Washington over circled fifty and a half. Washington. I knew it was fishy. I just didn't have the guts to take it. Um, Chipper's offense looked pretty good against Colorado. We talked about Colorado before. Washington laying 21. It obviously feels like a Washington win, but I think Chipper could sneak out a couple touchdowns, right? Could, and if you're curious about the Washington look-ahead to Oregon, last seven years, Huskies had covered every single week the game prior to Oregon. Shut it down. Not happening. Um, 
What's that line going to be, Washington, Oregon? I said Washington, too. See, I don't am, think they're going to be favored now. Am, am, I, am I wrong? I don't think they're going to be favored now. Oregon looked pretty good again. They were impressive at that. Was, yeah, that, that game. They really were. That game changed on the play right before halftime. Very easily yep. oh, could have yeah. been 21-17 yep. going to half. And it, it's, it's a game. Instead, 28-17, get the ball, third quarter, touchdown, over, ball game. Uh, big alert here. Illinois has moved up to a four-point favorite Ugh. in Piscataway. Ugh. Rutgers helmets, though, looked sweet this week. Great. State, awesome. State University of New Jersey. Awesome. The black mat with the, the, the red. The, oh, that is a great-looking helmet. Will it, will it, it's not going to be a great-looking game. I was going to say, will, will it get a win? Um, That is the old Big Ten Network noon kickoff. Shout out to everybody there. Send me a tweet, please, if you're going to that game. Live updates. Uh, anything else? Miami, Florida State this week. How, how about this? Wow. This start of last year. Kidding me. Florida State 0-10-1 against the number in ACC games. I haven't covered an ACC game the last year and a half or year and whatever this year. Wow. Crazy. I will, uh, I'll admit I'm a little nervous uh, for my BC Eagles. This is a big game. Yeah. Dylan, game time decision. I think they got the goods to win, though. I'm not sure, sure. about NC State. I was going to say, they're, they're another team. We, we, the record is good, but we, we don't know much about them. They had that game canceled against West yeah. Virginia, which would have been we huge for everything. For, 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 for everything. Uh, so. How about Hawaii? Small favorite on the island against Wyoming. Rainbows have failed to cover each of their last 12 games. I heard that. Teams I heard that on Vsin earlier this week. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, like our podcast, Stanford Steve and the Bear. Listen whenever you want and when it's convenient for you. Did you know you can even get postage on demand? All you need is stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. All available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale. You can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. Right now, use the word BETS for a special offer. Four-week trial includes postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else and click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in bets. That's Stamps.com. Enter bets. Yeah, I think Ohio State lay down after that win. You know my role about Indiana. Yep, I know. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, sorry, I, I, sorry for bringing them up. First, first rule of Indiana up. is don't talk about Indiana. Exactly. Um, interested about Michigan. Wisconsin next week. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I don't think I couldn't take Nebraska, but I'd be hesitant in laying that big number with Wisconsin this week, just because of the Michigan game next week. Barry's Alvarez's connection with Nebraska, and they really going to want to go out and lay it on them and embarrass them. Oh, a little inside info. I'm, right I'm, there. I'm, 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 I don't know anything, but I'm, I'm just saying. I no, knowing it's down to nineteen. Uh, I do like the over in that game uh, also. All right. I think that's going to do it. Yeah. You'll be in. What are we getting? What are we getting to eat? Red River, come on. 
What's your go-to? It's been a while, um, right? 2011. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we we talk about being there like every year from like 2001. Fried to, Twinkies? Uh, no, see, I'm not. You're I'm not, not that guy. I'm not that. No, not the. Fr- I'm not fried. What do you get? Fried salad? No. I'm, I I don't get why you fry a Snickers bar or fry butter. How about some fried shrimp? Fry- I'd, I'd rather have peel and eat. Really? Yeah. You're crazy. I mean, no, fr- much fried, work. Fried chicken, yeah. All right. Some, someone actually, when I was on with Dusty earlier today in, uh, on his show, uh-huh. he um, he brought up some of the, uh, the, and I guess he said they have this new like fried cheese corn dog, so like a hot oh. dog with cheese. That that could interest me. There. All right. Let's get that I, up on I, the set. I, I, I could do one of those. Gallagher, so let's I, get I, that I, on the I, set. I, 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 I like, I'm a fan of, I'm a hot dog guy, Bar Park Frank. You know, stadium tradition. Okay. Baseball game, football game. Give me a dog. All right. So, that, that, that's something I could get into. Okay. Very good. Uh, that'll do it for week six. You'll be in Dallas. I'll be in Madison. Say hello. Be nice. Bear, before you take us out of here, I want to, I want to start a new trend here. All right. I got a couple relatives, a couple uncles that are, they have tough time keeping up with the podcast. All right. Uh, um, can I quickly start a new trend as well? One of our podcast listeners, Mike. Wanted us to wish him a happy 26th birthday. Oh. Happy happy birthday, Mike. 26. I remember those days. Yeah, you and me both. All right, so we're going to call this the Big Mike Happy Recap. That's for my <laughs> Uncle Michael, who can't keep track of the picks while the podcast is going on. So here they are, Big Mike, all right? I'm going to go Georgia Tech minus 4, Northwestern plus 11, the over in the Bama game, 59, Texas A&M minus 6. And the Bear is going Utah State plus 2.5, Air Force plus 3.5, UMass plus 14, Arizona State plus 2.5, and Utah plus 5.5. Bear, take us away. Less you bet, the more you lose when you win.